You're listening to Dose of Depth Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Lukovich, and I invite you to be curious about your unique experience of being human. In this podcast, we'll explore the deeper meaning of ordinary life experiences through conversation, stories, and education. You might have a serious aha moment, or you might just be amused by the movie your life seems to be imitating, or you might just be entertained by one of my awkward stories. I'm hoping you'll become more aware of those moments when a deeper part of you is prompting you to see things differently and maybe even go a new direction. So let's get started. In this episode, I'm sharing a podcast version of one of my YouTube videos, specifically the one where I teach people how to explore their dream images. The YouTube series is called Soul Talk 101. The link to this one is in the description box. Are you ready to explore your dream images? Let's get started. Welcome to Soul Talk 101, a series of mini lessons to teach you the language of the unconscious through bite-sized nuggets of information and hands-on activities. My name is Dr. Deborah Lukovich, and I'm a depth psychology coach, which means my expertise is the study of the unconscious. I'm kind of between a therapist and a coach. Don't forget to rate this podcast episode and leave a comment if you like it. This helps it get in front of more people who could benefit by my free content. And it would be great if you subscribe to my podcast and YouTube channel. In this lesson, I teach you how to explore the meaning of dreams, which are a direct route to your unconscious because your ego is not standing guard while you sleep. Working with dreams is one of my favorite ways to receive guidance from my unconscious. Dreams can be quite prophetic, not in the literal sense, but they can leave you feeling affirmed when you're on the right path or that you'll be able to get through whatever is in front of you now. In dream tending sessions with clients, the most challenging part is the tendency to look at them literally. The language of the psyche is the image, which communicates indirectly through symbolism, metaphors, and paradox. Since dreams originate in the unconscious, which is the realm of the feminine, exploring them requires patience, strategic thinking, and the capacity to find patterns and make connections, like sorting pieces of a puzzle. The attitude required to explore dreams requires curiosity and an adventurous spirit. Let me lay out this lesson for you. First, I'll give you some guidelines to help you resist the temptation to be too literal when you explore your dreams. Second, I'll walk you through a framework that I adapted from Robert Johnson's book, Inner Work, Using Dreams and Active Imagination for Personal Growth. I'll put a link for that book in the description box too. And third, to help you get the hang of all this, I'm going to share how I found meaning in a dream that showed up during my midlife unraveling. It came to have significant meaning and contributed to laying the foundation for having experiences I might not otherwise have been lucky enough to have. In future videos, I'll cover specific types of dreams, like recurring dreams, embodied dreams, and then I'll move on to symbols and themes like water, animals, dreams about sex and intimacy, babies and reproductive images. And I'll also introduce you and walk you through a technique called active imagination, which is a more advanced way to explore your dream images. If you're listening while driving, you may find yourself wanting to go back and listen a second time when you can take some notes or 
watch the YouTube version. So let's get started. As I already mentioned, the most challenging part of exploring dreams is the tendency to look at them literally. The guidelines I'm going to share now can also be found in a download on my website, DebraLukovich.com. Guideline number one, there is no right interpretation. To find meaning in dreams, set aside the goal of finding the right interpretation and instead look for meaning that might lead to reconciling inner or outer conflict. Sometimes dreams offer assurance that you will survive what is in front of you. Other times dreams encourage you to have a sense of humor about life or to give yourself permission to express the anger you don't want to feel. Guideline number two, what are you avoiding? Your dreams may be trying to get you to pay attention to something you've been ignoring or to get you to take actions to compensate for being too one-sided in some area of your life. Being violent in a dream could be encouraging you to express repressed negative emotions and dreams about crumbling teeth could be telling you it's time to let go of fixing and controlling. The goal is not to find a correct interpretation, but to gain insights that might be useful in your life right now. Guideline number three, people in dreams represent parts of you. This one seems to be the most difficult. People in your dreams are typically representations of different parts of you. Some you are familiar with and others are shadowy versions of you that have not been acknowledged or validated. The sister you describe as selfish may show up in your dream to shine a light on your own selfishness or highlight the need for you to be more selfish. I'll never forget the day in class when I worked a dream with Jungian analyst Dr. Lionel Corbett. I excitedly described my dream like this. My sister standing on the stove in my grandmother's house. She's stirring a big pot of something. The professor asked me what came to mind when I thought about my sister. Immediately I said, she needs so much validation. It's annoying. As I completed my thought, I blushed when I realized I was talking about that part of me, the part that needed validation. Oh, how I hated that part of me. That dream where you're stabbing a coworker may be about a part of your own personality that you need to symbolically kill off or stand up to. Think of your images as symbols and metaphors and not literally, including people, and especially the ones that are embarrassing. Dreams that take place in a bed or a bedroom or include sexual activity may represent some part of you that wants to be recognized and valued and hugged. Becoming intimate with a part of you that has in the past received harsh judgment may feel dirty or inappropriate. So don't worry if your dreams include having sex with your brother or someone other than your partner. It doesn't mean you want to do that in waking life. Guideline number four, initial interpretations are sometimes wrong. Robert Johnson, author of Inner Work, the book I mentioned above, suggests that if you figure out the meaning of a dream too quickly, you probably don't have it quite right. I agree. Dreams are meant to tell you something new. So if it feels too obvious, you might want to set it aside for now and come back to it later. Again, you can get a download of these guidelines at DebraLukovich.com. Those are guidelines to keep in mind as you explore your dreams. Now that you've shifted your mindset a little bit from looking at things literally to being open to symbolism and metaphors, let's start with a concrete strategy for working with your dreams. I call it the associations method, and I've adapted it from Robert Johnson's approach in the book I mentioned above. Part of the journey is trying things and then eventually developing a personalized approach that works best for you. 
Step one, identify all the images. The goal of this step is to identify all the images from the dream. Begin with a full written or typed accounting of the dream as you remember it. Describe the scene or scenes, characters, events, and emotions. Are there any smells, sounds, or lighting that seems significant? Some people notice they dream in black and white while others sense colors. Did you notice the temperature? Was it windy? If there was water, was it cold or warm, crystal clear or dirty? Note how you felt when you woke from the dream. Were you scared or comforted? How was your body reacting? Was your heart beating fast? Were you sweating? Did you feel like you had just run a marathon? Next, make a list of all the possible images you could explore. Images aren't only visual, and a single dream, experience, or event may contain many images. Think of images as impressions and include all the separate emotions you felt during the dream, like fear from being chased by the bear, or shame for having sex with someone, or courage and power for climbing up a steep hill. A single dream can involve multiple people or creatures taking you from scene to scene. The way you feel upon waking is an image. Feel free to stop this recording and try it out now. Now that you have fully documented your experience of the image in your written and or image journal, you'll begin exploring them. Step number two, finding associations. For this step, you will begin exploring one of the images by finding associations. You're associating the image with something else. The image causes you to make a connection. The key to finding associations is to finish thoughts like this. This image causes me to think or feel, fill in the blank. When I allow myself to linger in the emotion that got triggered, it reminds me of, fill in the blank. When I put myself back in that part of the dream, my mind goes here, fill in the blank. This image reminds me about that time in my life when, happened. This image takes me back to when, this image causes me to feel like I did when I was fill in the blank years old. Questions like this help you find associations for the image. The goal of this step is to relate the image to something in your life, past, present, or future. Your unconscious is using this image to lead you somewhere, a time in your life, a place, a person, a feeling. The associations are clues. Journal about what comes to mind when you think about the image. What comes to mind when you allow your imagination to experience the image again? For example, if the image is your sister, what thoughts and feelings arise? She's so annoying? Or maybe you're jealous that her life seems to be going so well. Write it all down. What else do you think and feel when you consider that sibling or the other person, the image? It's not fair that such and such, fill in the blank. Write it down. Keep going back to the image and see what comes up until you cannot think of any more associations. Don't have expectations either. You may have one association or many more. Feel free to stop the recording to work on this step now. This step was about relating the image to something else, something known. We did this through a process of associations. When there are no more associations to be made, it's time to find a little more meaning. Step three, where is this showing up in your life? 
In this step, you're looking for a possible metaphor that might be at play. Your unconscious is using that image to tell you something about your life. For example, say the image you're working with is a memory that recently came up during a conversation with your sister. Let's say the two of you were ruminating about how your mother dressed you as children and clothes you absolutely hated. Today, you both insist it doesn't bother you anymore, or maybe one of you is still angry about it, but why did the memory come up now? It is not a meaningless coincidence if there's some emotion involved. Rehashing or venting is not what we're doing here. You are trying to make sense of your life, how you got where you are right now, and maybe how to overcome an obstacle to get someplace new. Do you know where you want to go next in your life? Will the way you have been living your life until now get you there? This is where soul comes in. My ego's answers to these questions during my midlife unraveling didn't feel right. I had to learn the language of the unconscious. In the childhood memory example, clothes have much to do with personal identity, which is complex. There's the face you present to the outside world, which doesn't always match what's inside. Your unconscious may be pushing up this memory of wearing ugly clothes to help you realize you're in a situation that is forcing you to project yourself into the world in a way that is not authentic. It's ugly and you feel you're being forced to be or do something that you don't want to be or do. But maybe you're not even aware of this. Maybe you've been pushing this down, avoiding the realization that you can't stand it anymore. Perhaps you've put up with this situation for too long. As a child, did you resist your mother or father? What happened when you did? Do you have a fear today of resisting authority? This is just an example of where your exploration can lead. Again, feel free to stop the video, the recording, and continue exploring one of your dreams. In the last section, you took the image you wanted to explore along with your associations and identified where they're showing up in your life symbolically. Keep wondering where this is happening in your life, the dynamic, the emotion, the interaction. Reflect and journal about this. Step four, integrate the new insight. Sometimes the aha comes quickly and dramatically. Other times it comes later as you continue exploring the associations and the metaphor they are pointing to. And this is the step that can change your life. In what ways is the image guiding you to do something different in your life? Maybe something that terrifies you or something that feels immoral or irresponsible, even when you know it's not. Going forward, be alert to emotions, how your body responds, and ways you feel prompted to take actions you might not otherwise have taken. Set it aside and be alert to how these images may continue to present themselves in dreams, films, synchronicities, emotional responses in the body, and even numbers. That one's new for me. You may realize your mother's response to your resistance has shaped how you respond to conflict. Recognizing this can empower you to try something new. Again, feel free to pause the video and see if any ahas or new insights emerge. You might realize now that exploring your dreams is more complex than you thought. It's a process that requires surrendering to a different wisdom than what is offered by your mind. I find that sharing my own experiences is a great way to help people get started. So in this last section, you will walk with me as I share how I found meaning in one significant dream. This is the dream which occurred during my midlife unraveling. I was walking outside and it was dark. 
I came upon a building that looked like my elementary school. I walked on some steps to the lower level. In the corner was an opening in the floor that led to a level below that. I would have to crawl through a turnstile to get to the room below that happened to be lit by a table lamp. A few people were down there encouraging me to join them and they sounded like they were having fun. I was nervous about being able to get through the turnstile. I feared being trapped. Steps one and two, pull out the images and find associations. This dream had many images, a building, turnstile, lower level, lamp, unknown people, curiosity, and fear of being trapped. The image I explored first was the building, which I associated with my elementary school where I was bullied through fourth grade. What was going on in my life during the time of that dream? I had recently been hired to run a nonprofit that transformed school climate through play. My actual elementary school was one of its customers. I was so surprised about that. Talk about circling back. The dream images prompted me to explore the deeper meaning of my new job. The second image I explored was the turnstile. I associated it with a boundary between the first floor and a lower level. It would be tricky to get through the turnstile. I feared getting stuck in the process. I associated this image with the discomfort of needing to revisit these memories. It felt meaningful that I had ended up in a job that brought me back to a painful time in my life. The third image I explored was the lower level, which was lit by a lamp. The first floor was familiar, my elementary school, but the lower level symbolized something unknown related to my elementary school experience. I couldn't see what was down there, but I associated the lamp with assurance that a light would be shed on something, that it would ultimately be a helpful experience. What else was going on in my life at that time? Well, I was getting divorced. It was odd that I had gotten this job in a matter of three weeks, a job that brought me back to this time in my life and brought financial independence too. My business had fallen apart and it just felt so exhausting. So this new job was a gift. The final image I explored from this dream was the group of unknown people who were down in the lower level. The room below was lit and full of laughter, which told me that I would be rewarded for going back and revisiting something painful. They were encouraging me. I associated these people with parts of my psyche that would get me through the process. I didn't recognize the people, so I associated them with new parts of me that I didn't know about. Now that I think more about it, in my new job at the time, I had a team of 22 amazing millennials that were full of energy and commitment to the nonprofit's mission. What else was happening in my life? Well, I needed to grow. I would soon need to be independent from a financial standpoint. And after having had zero intimacy for two and a half years, my sexuality had recently been awakened through a chance meeting with a younger man. I was in major transition. Step three, finding the metaphor. Where was this happening in my life? What were my insights? I had turned 50, was back in school, and I got a job working with schools. In one depth psychology class, we were asked to explore our earliest memories. The coincidences didn't stop. Two memories immediately came to mind. The negative memory of being bullied was accompanied by a memory of the one place I felt safe at school, the huge tree at the corner of the asphalt playground where a small group of us played marbles. 
In this corner, I also felt competent. Back to my dream about elementary school. The images were an attempt by my unconscious to shorten the tether between my forgotten scared child and the grown-up version of me. My new job offered me a second chance at childhood. It felt like playing. The work part was easy because years of consulting with small nonprofits had prepared me for it. Playing, on the other hand, was what took practice and permission to let my guard down, to have fun, to laugh out loud. My first day included a game of Pictionary with my staff. It was so awkward. Playing with kids, though, was now part of my job. Foursquare, kickball, and running around playing tag with five- and six-year-olds felt exhilarating. Pent-up laughter exploded out of me during the school visits. Want to play with us? The children craved attention from adults, and I was like a celebrity. I had also learned that when adults play with children on the playground, stress and conflict decreases throughout the entire day. It made perfect sense to me. Playing mini basketball and rolling chairs with my staff in the office loosened something up in my body. I needed this job more than it needed me. Being a serious competitor in Smashball became one of my personal goals. I couldn't remember when I had laughed as much as I was laughing now. Step four. Finally, what did I do different in my life because of this insight? I realized that my overly responsible adult self had been crushing my inner child, and now she wanted to come out to play. It was awkward until it wasn't. Outside of work, my sexual spirit soared and my body came alive every week playing beach volleyball. I'd randomly start skipping down the sidewalk while listening through my headphones to the top 40 music that made me feel like I was in my 20s again. I indulged my inner child, making space for her to play. Embracing my inner child and allowing her to play eventually led to many unexpected and intensely joyful and pleasurable experiences. But this was not easy. I had to withstand intense awkwardness to get there. My personal stories are meant to be a template for you as you learn to decode your own unconscious messages. The meaning, insights, and new attitude did not happen overnight. The most important insights had to do with encouraging me to look at things in a new way and that I would be rewarded for doing so. Over time, this dream and its images gained more meaning and helped me make sense of what was happening during certain parts of my midlife journey. Now, I am so excited to help you and others explore their dreams, which will eventually unleash new parts of you that are seeking expression or want to come out and play. These parts of us are sometimes shy and need to be welcomed and encouraged to come out. You can feel so much more than what you felt in your life. I promise. That's what my biggest surprise has been. See you in the next lesson. Thanks for attending Soul Talk 101. Don't forget to rate this episode and leave a comment as well as subscribe. There's a lot to learn and you may want to listen again or even watch the YouTube version. The link is below. Visit my website, DebraLukovich.com to get more free content like blog posts, podcast episodes, and information about my coaching services and my book, Your Soul is Talking. Are you listening? My memoir is coming soon too. It's called When Sex Meets God, A Midlife Journey. Stay tuned. My plan is to release it around my birthday in June. Until next time. I'm your host, Deborah Lukovich, and you are listening to Dose of Depth Podcast. To get updates on new episodes, my writing, and how I teach my clients to get to know that deeper part of themselves, go to DebraLukovich.com. 
Oh, and if you're not ready for a coach, learn what my clients know in my book, Your Soul is Talking. Are you listening? Five steps to uncovering your hidden purpose. You can check it out on my website or get it on Amazon.